What are the challenges of being a politician in a politically diverse state? How can a politician balance political reality with their own opinions about what policies are needed? Is bipartisan agreement possible in a divided political environment? From the Chicago Policy Review and the University of Chicago, this is Chicago Policy Radio. Today, David Spearman is speaking with the senior U.S. Senator from Missouri, Claire McCaskill. She has served in the U.S. Senate since 2006 and was re-elected in 2012 after defeating Republican Todd Akin. Before serving in the U.S. Senate, she served as a state auditor of Missouri. So thank you so much for being here today um, and talking about some of the challenges and of being a politician from a purple state and, and a Congress that has extremely low approval ratings right now. Um, you face two considerably different challengers in your two races for the Senate seat, one a conservative incumbent and the other a controversial Tea Party candidate. Can you talk about some of the challenges that you face coming from such a politically diverse state and how you're able to succeed in both of those? Well, I think um, in the first race, uh, George Bush's policies were um, certainly relevant. Uh, my opponent had been a pretty reliable party line vote. And this was near um, the time when Bush's approval rating was at its all-time low, uh, a lot of dissatisfaction in the Iraq War. And that race was about convincing Missourians that I would be independent and that I would be willing to um, vote for them, not for my party, and uh, be a moderate. And I was helped a lot by the overall political climate at the time. The second race was a little different. I went into it. Um, some people had characterized my chances. I think one of the Republican operatives said, my chances of getting elected senator in Missouri are better than Claire McGaskill's. So there wasn't um, a lot of confidence that I could win again because of the changes that had occurred in the political arena, um, especially in 2010 when we had the huge Tea Party surge. So in that race, it was not about, do you want me? But really, do you want this other person? So sometimes it's about qualifying yourself, and other times it's disqualifying the other candidate. Um, my first race, it was qualifying me, and the second race, it was about disqualifying my opponent. Mm-hmm. So coming from such a politically diverse state, you must often have to choose between staying true to your party and those who voted for you versus representing the state as a whole. So how do you view your role as a senator of Missouri? Well, it's interesting. There are times when I don't vote with the majority of my party. Typically, that has been on matters dealing with appropriations and funding. Um, I'm somebody who does think we've spent more money than we should have in the federal government. Um, I thought earmarking was uh, a really dumb way to spend public money. You know, sprinkling fairy dust in the back room based on who you know and what committee you serve on didn't seem a wise way to to determine uh, the spending of public dollars. And in that regard, I was much different than my party. On the other hand, you know, I've been elected as a pro-choice candidate um, for 30 years in a state that most people would say, you can't do that. Uh, So that speaks to me... Uh, in a way that allows me to realize that the vast majority of Missourians' views on issues like that are are are, are not are kind of middle of the road. I think most Missourians um, 
don't like the idea of abortion on the demand and late-term abortion. On the other hand, the vast majority of Missourians sure want rape victims to be able to get the morning-after pill. Uh, so it, it is, there really have been very few times that I've found myself really conflicted by the politics of my state versus the policy I believe in. Mm-hmm. Along those lines of policies you believe in, you've um, called recently for reforming the um, military sexual assault hearings, something that you mentioned was can be politically dangerous for you. So how do you balance fighting for a policy that you really believe in um, and dealing with colleagues who are maybe concerned with that top-line political um, agenda? Well, you know, n- none of us are without sin in this arena, so I don't ever want to be critical of my colleagues. Sometimes it is hard not to get um, distracted by what's good politics as opposed to what's good policy. In this instance, probably because of my background, um, I am so comfortable and confident about the policy that I can put up with the politics. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think long term most of my supporters in Missouri are going to think I've sold out to rape-enabling commanders in the military. I think they know me better than that. Now, I don't know about, you know, blogs across the country, and I don't know about some of the victim advocates who have really uh, decided that I'm wrong, but I think Missourians know that I am... um, If they ran an ad that said Claire McCaskill was soft on rapists, it would go in that category of, I don't worry about that because people aren't going to believe it. So you've been um, done a lot to support some bipartisan policy, both you know, from the farm bill to strengthening security clearance background checks. Why have you been able to reach across the aisle when um, so many other members of Congress are kind of set with digging in their heels behind the party line? Well, part of it is because of the, the, the state I represent. Um, you know, I... I Sometimes I look at my colleagues that are from bright blue states and I, I, I'm envious because it's so simple. On the other hand, I think they should be jealous of me because because of the state I represent, I have, I think, an obligation and a, a duty to try to bring people together in the middle. And that's fascinating work to do. It's challenging, but it's fascinating. So when I first came to Washington, I began working with some of my Republican colleagues, and I've built up friendships. And there is a level of trust, not just with some of my women colleagues that are Republicans, but with some of of my male colleagues that are Republicans. So when they have something they want to do, and they're, they're looking for bipartisan support too, they come knocking on my door. Sometimes I say thanks, but no thanks. Um, Pat Toomey has come four or five times, and four of the five times I said, no, I don't think so. But once, I said, yeah, let's do that. Uh, so I think because of the fact they see me as willing to kind of go against the grain, they're more uh, likely to seek me out and see if I want to be a co-sponsor for, so that they can put some... Because, you know, Pat Toomey is a red senator in a purple state. So is Rob Portman. Uh, you know, there are, there are... So is Mark Kirk. So you have uh, my situation, but on the other side of the table, and they are also looking to find ways that they can work in a bipartisan manner. So that helps. Wonderful. Well, we really appreciate you being here to, to speak with us at Chicago Policy Absolutely. Review today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Chicago Policy Radio, a production of the Chicago Policy Review and the Harris School of Public Policy at the University of Chicago. This podcast was produced and edited by Daniel O'Keefe, and our theme song was composed and performed by Ryan Gee. 
You can find us at www.chicagopolicyreview.org and on iTunes. Thank you for listening, and please join us next time.